All right, hey y'all. How is everybody doing? It is Phoenix Kalita, and this is the Swapcast, the official podcast of Swap USA, where we cover sex worker news, we cover sex worker rights, we talk about sex worker issues, and periodically have people on to do interviews about the work they do in the sex worker rights movement. And hopefully, we'll have some more Swap members coming on in the next uh, couple weeks or so. So, I'm super excited about that. But in the meantime, I just wanted to do a real quick story because I think this is super, super important Um, because, you know, it seems difficult to catch up on sex worker news unless you go out specifically looking for it. Right. Like it's not something that just hits most people's news feeds as is unless it's something that you've specifically, um, you know, tailored yourself to. Right. You follow certain people on social media or you look for certain hashtags, you, you know, intentionally make it a point to look for sex worker news and because a lot of people don't do that a lot of people don't know about this particular story so I wanted to cover it now this is coming off reason.com this is written by Elizabeth Nolan Brown who I actually met at Woodhull it was lovely and I know some folks are on the whole um you know this website and Elizabeth Nolan Brown like on that like libertarian thing and we don't necessarily trust libertarians and I mean I get that but um I've always found Elizabeth's um, coverage of sex worker rights stories to be pretty fucking on point. So we're going to do this and we're going to read it from reason because I haven't seen it anywhere else. (laughs) I mean, I don't think MSNBC or Fox News is going to cover this. You know what I'm saying? So here we go. This is from a couple days ago, August 26th. Secret memos show that the government has been lying about Backpage all along. (laughs) Now... If you are a sex worker or you're in the sex worker community, an advocate, an ally, a former sex worker, you're like, yeah, we already fucking been knew that. I know. I knew too. But now there's evidence and evidence matters because you can't just trust sex workers, apparently. So let's get into this. Sealed memos fought over in federal court last week have shown authorities have known for years that claims about Backpage were bogus. Hmm. I am shocked. Shocked and appalled, y'all. For nearly a decade, Backpage has been demonized by politicians, denounced in legislatures, and dramatically mischaracterized by the press, Hollywood, and well-funded activist groups. As early as 2010, top prosecutors from 21 states claimed that the classified ad platform was, quote, exploiting women and children, unlike capitalism, apparently. In 2012, Washington State passed the first but not last law aimed specifically at toppling Backpage, and by 2015, U.S. Senators were investigating the company. Though the Department of Justice shut down Backpage.com in 2018, it still activates strong scorn in some corners. They were selling children, the California Senator and Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris said in March. Several founders and former executives of the company arrested last year on federal charges of conspiracy, facilitating prostitution and money money laundering, are now awaiting a 2020 trial as they try to fend off prosecutors eager to seize their assets and disqualify their lawyers. Uh, Then Attorney General Jeff Sessions. I'm a political nerd. I can't say his name without saying his entire name. So you get the full like um, what's the the full uh, like Southern racism, right? His full name, y'all, in case you didn't know, is Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III. Tell me that's not some antebellum shit. Uh, He says, For far too long, Backpage.com existed as a place where sex traffickers frequently advertised children and adults alike. 
U.S. Attorney Elizabeth Strange alleged that Backpage made hundreds of millions by placing profits over the well-being and safety of victims. Claims like these have always been bogus. Now, thanks to memos obtained by Reason, we have proof that prosecutors understood this all along. Hmm. Moral panics. They're so fun. In April 2012, federal prosecutors sent their boss a memo about Backpage, the site that had since 2004 been operating like a parallel Craigslist. What would unravel over the course of the 24-page document contradicts almost everything we've heard from federal authorities about Backpage since. The memo subject, Backpage.com Investigation, reveals that six years before Backpage leaders were indicted on federal crime, uh, federal criminal charges, prosecutors had already begun building a child sex trafficking case against the company. But this case was hampered by the fact that Backpage kept trying... Woo! I can't even get this sentence out because it's so wild. Let me try this one more again. But this case was hampered by the fact that Backpage kept trying to help stop sex trafficking. What? Backpage was trying to stop help sex trafficking. Wow. This must be incredibly inconvenient for the Kamala campaign right now. Information provided to us uh, by the FBI. Uh, Agent Steve, ooh, I'm going to totally nail this name. Uh, Vino, maybe? I'm pretty sure I'm not saying his name right. And other members of the Innocence Lost Task Force confirmed that unlike virtually every other website that's used for prostitution and sex trafficking, Backpage is remarkably responsive to law enforcement requests and often takes proactive steps to assist in investigations, said Catherine Krisham and Aravanded Swaminathan. I'm messing up everybody's names and I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, And these people are both assistant U.S. attorneys for the Western District of Washington. Uh, And this was an April 3rd memo to Jenny Durkin, now mayor of Seattle, and then head federal prosecutor for the district. Vineau told prosecutors that on many occasions, that's a quote, on many occasions, Backpage staff proactively sent him advertisements that appeared to contain pictures of juveniles and that the company was very cooperative at, at removing these advertisements at law enforcement's request. Even without a subpoena, in exigent circumstances such as a child rescue situation, Backpage will provide the maximum information and assistance permitted under the law, wrote Krisham and Swaminathan. Over the next year, their office would undertake a large investigation into Backpage's internal process and potential criminality. I like how they say already that even without subpoenas, they're doing everything they can to help us. And then they're like, but we're going to investigate you for crimes any fucking way. Okay. This included a preliminary review of more than 100,000 documents, subpoena responses from more than a dozen entities and individuals, interviews with around a dozen witnesses, and extended grand jury testimony from an additional six witnesses, mainly Backpage employees. Still, it failed to produce the kind of smoking gun admissions which we had hoped would propel this investigation to indictment, wrote Swaminathan and another uh, assistant U.S. attorney, John T. McNeil, in a January 2013 memo. That memo subject, uh, this is a quote, Backpage.com investigation update, and the earlier one from Krisham and Swaminathan would wind up being accidentally sent by federal prosecutors to Backpage defense lawyers last year. Well, thank God for incompetence, because otherwise we might not have known. Hmm. But both would be ruled off-limits for defense uses, placed under seal, and only subject to public courtroom discussion last week after prosecutors tried to sanction defendants for a few paragraphs from the memos appearing in a June Wired article. And this is a quote from McNeil, who is one of the uh, prosecutors. 
At the onset of this investigation, it was anticipated we would find evidence of candid discussions among Backpage principals about the use of the site for juvenile prostitution, which could be used as admissions of criminal conduct. It was also anticipated we would find numerous instances where Backpage learned that a site user was a juvenile prostitute. I hate the word prostitute. Uh, and that Backpage callously continued to post advertisements for her. To date, the investigation has revealed neither. Wow. So Backpage did everything right, and this is how they're treated. Hmm. And I mean, I can't say I'm, like, shocked by that, right? Because the whole point of the sex trafficking panic is to create, you know, this, like, pearl-clutching puritanical shit to just basically um, crack down on people who don't perform gender properly, Um, you know, people who are... LGBTQ who aren't performing heterosexual heterosexuality properly, people who are finding sort of workarounds to, you know, poverty and surviving in a way they're not supposed to survive. So I'm not surprised by this in any at, at, at all in any type of way. Um, so they then re- recommended that bringing criminal charges would be unwise, but the matter didn't stop there. <laughs> of course not. Washington-based federal prosecutors kept trying to compel more internal documents from Backpage. A few people whose ads were posted on the site when they were underage began to sue and lose in civil court. In 2015, Illinois Sheriff Tom Dart, I fucking hate that guy, threatened sanctions against credit card companies that kept doing business with Backpage, forcing the company to sue for relief. Backpage won that one too, but not before being forced to make first ads free and then find alternative payment methods like accepting checks in Bitcoin for ad pavement, moves that prosecutors will later use against them in the money laundering case. Oh, so the government made you do a thing and then is going to punish you because you did the thing that they made you do. Excellent. I love this logic. Also in 2015, Congress passed the SAVE Act, Stop Advertising Victims of Exploitation, relying almost exclusively on anti-backpage rhetoric, and the Senate Subcommittee, Subcommittee on Permanent Investigations started subpoenaing, subpoenaing backpage records and testimony. The following year, Kamala Harris, at this point still top prosecutor for California, hmm, so this was before she was bragging about smoking weed, she was just locking people up for smoking weed, got it. Um, so Kamala Harris twice had Backpage CEO Carl Ferrer and former owners Michael Lacey and James Larkin arrested on unsuccessful pimping charges. That's a fun tidbit. I did not know they had already been arrested twice. Okay. Uh, Backpage leadership started 2017 being hauled before Congress to testify on their supposed, quote, knowing facilitation. That is such a vague fucking term. What does that even mean? Of child trafficking and ended the year, um... On the subject of a propaganda film, I am Jane Doe. You know what? I have never seen that movie, and I am never going to. I just know that it has made my life miserable because anytime I talk about sex work on Twitter or really social media at all, somebody who's seen that documentary is like, you don't know what it's like. And it's like, I was literally doing sex work for quite some time. Um, but okay, I don't I don't know. All my, my friends are sex workers. They've all done <laughs> current and former sex workers. You know, I've uh, worked with people who have been trafficked, but I don't I don't know anything. You saw a documentary. You, you get on with your Ph.D. in horology. All right. Um, and of course, I am Jane Doe was promoted by the likes of comedians Amy Schumer and Seth Meyers because they know about sex trafficking and narrated by actress Jessica Chastain. Josh Hawley, the then the newly elected attorney general of Missouri and now anti-technology crusader in the U.S. Senate, also went after Backpage that year, saying it, quote, directly and actively promoted illegal sex trafficking. Promoted. Like, now see, and that's why I hate these terms, because they seem so vague, and I don't necessarily know what they mean, but when you say promoted, that means you, like, 
found traffickers and were like, please advertise on our website. I'm pretty sure that's not what fucking happened. Uh, by the time that the FBI raided Lacey and Larkin's homes and tossed them in jail and seized the site in April 2018, few public figures would defend Backpage or those associated with it. Years of much-hyped horror stories about the site and heinous claims about its leaders had been coming from all angles. Democrats, Republicans, women's groups, religious groups, attorney generals, actor-activist Ashton Kutcher, activist is used very um, kindly in this instance, uh, state and national lawmakers, the New York Times, the McCain Institute, the FBI, movies, newspaper ads, billboards, and more. The preferred narrative about the site was clear and it was nearly impenetrable, which is why these memos from 2012 to 2013 pose such a problem. Hmm. They show that years worth of hand wringing and hysteria over Backpage has been built on lies. The core claim against Backpage has always been that it, it enables underage prostitution. Over time, this evolved from a more modest assertion that any site allowing ads would inevitably attract some posts by minors. That seems reasonable. Uh, to claim that Backpage was uniquely negligent in this capacity, indifferent to the plight of victims, and perhaps even actively encouraging sex traffickers to use the site. We tried to make them realize that it was not only legally but also morally wrong to sell children, but they wouldn't hear it, Cindy McCain told the Arizona Republic in 2016. Cindy McCain, um, this is the woman who reports interracial families because she assumes any interracial family is a trafficking story, right? She's done that a couple times from what I've heard and then claims to have broken up like some sort of like trafficking ring every time she does it when it's just, you know, a blended family trying to go on fucking vacation or some shit. Okay, Cindy. Uh, back in 2012 and 2013, federal prosecutors privately expressed a different outlook. But first, lest anyone think the more recent rhetoric reflects changes at Backpage since 2013, it's important to note most of the actions covered in the Senate investigative report and much of the subsequent criminal indictment come from this 2012 to 2013 time period or earlier. And since then, neither civil court cases nor a variety of official investigations has uncovered anything wildly different than what was originally found by the Washington-based U.S. attorneys. In 2012, Krisham and Swaminathan seemed impressed by how cooperative Backpage was with police and other members of law enforcement. Backpage data, quote, offered a goldmine of information for investigators, they noted. In general, the staff would respond to subpoenas within the same day with respect to any child exploitation investigation. Backpage often provides records within the hour, end quote. Staff regularly provided, quote, live testimony at trial to authenticate evidence against defendants who have utilized Backpage, and the company held seminars for law enforcement on how to best on how to best work with Backpage staff and records. It's almost like they were trying. Hmm. I guess no good deed goes unpunished. All right. Uh, this is a quote from Swaminathan. Uh, Witnesses have consistently testified that Backpage was making substantial efforts to prevent criminal conduct on its site, that it was coordinating efforts with law enforcement agencies and NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and that it was conducting its business in accordance with legal advice. Um, oh, this was from Swaminathan and McNeil in 2013. Furthermore, they noted their investigation failed, quote, to uncover compelling evidence of criminal intent or a pattern of reckless conduct regarding minors. In fact, it revealed a strong economic incentive for Backpage to rid its site of juvenile prostitution. Ultimately, it was their assessment that, quote, Backpage genuinely wanted to get child prostitution off its site. Huh. Weird. You know, this like these memos are nothing like what the reputation of Backpage is. And it's wild to me how this propaganda has just fucking taken over and no one's talking about it. OK, um, 
Ernie Allen, who was then in charge of the NCMEC, thought so too. He told prosecutors he believed Backpage was genuinely trying to combat underage ads, although the use of the internet to to market commercial sex was so fluid that any system of moderation and reporting was destined to fail. Uh, Backpage executives, including CEO Ferrer and then owners Lacey and Larkin, who sold Ferrer the company in 2015, had been working closely with the had been working closely with the quasi-governmental children's group to establish best practices. They weren't able to give up on all adult... They weren't about to give up on all adult advertising, which Lacey and Larkin had been publishing in back pages of their weekly print newspaper since the 1970s. But Backpage took uh, to heart other steps suggested by authorities. For instance, not only did all ads feature a report button... Uh, with an expedited process for folks suspecting sexual exploitation, but the site also featured prominent links to the NCMEC cyber tip line. And while most sections of Backpage were free for users, Backpage followed Craigslist policy and initiated at the suggestion of NAAG a charging fee for each adult services advertisement, something NAAG championed for its ability to reduce ad volume and yield evidentiary data for law enforcement. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is a long article. Um... (laughs) In 2011, Backpage staff flagged 2,695 ads for NCMEC, uh, according to the president's testimony before Congress. He also said that the groups at the group's request, Backpage leaders had begun stepping up the number of reported ads. Later, Allen and NCMEC would insinuate that the increase was evidence of a spike in child trafficking and or Backpage uh, being the biggest online proponent of it. But back then, Allen admitted Backpage had done more monitoring, more monitoring and proactive reporting than any other site in adult advertising. Backpage seems to have taken an especially cautious approach. Operations manager Andrew Padilla told moderators to flag any sex work ads where a poster looked to be under the age of 21. Hmm and in general to be over-inclusive according to Washington-based prosecutors. They also note that in many cases, not even the most careful moderators may be able to discern a subject's an ad subject's age. Many adults uh, only use partial photos, and some teens may simply appear to look older than they are, states the 2012 memo. It's difficult for even trained investigators to conclude age from photos, making it hard to say back page monitors should have been capable of this extraordinarily difficult task. Interesting, interestingly, investigators found Ferrer had proposed authorities provide Backpage with phone numbers of those, quote, known to be involved with juvenile prostitution, so it could use filters to flag and automatically report attempted use of those numbers. Really? They were doing all this shit and they're just being dragged as, like, human traffickers now? This is wild. Uh, such a system, quote, might be more useful than just looking at the pic and saying a model looks too young, Ferrer uh, reportedly told Agent Vino uh, in 2012. It could also help find minors no matter what part of the site, adult services, dating, etc., on which their ads were placed. Authorities declined to follow up on the idea. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Um, McNeil and Swaminathan do suggest moderators should have been given, quote, more specific criteria, whether this be body fat, breast development, or other features. Oh, wait, what? All right. That sounds creepy. Um, from determining or for determining from photos if someone is under 18, a proposal that manages, uh, to come, to come across as both creepy and clueless. Thank you. Cause that was the exact thought I had, because if you have like small breasts, but you're 25, should we assume you're like 15 or if you're fat and you're, you know, I, like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. I'm not even going to try to figure it out. 
Uh, later, critics would suggest that Backpage was uniquely reckless in its age verification process, and the Senate report even claims the whole point of telling users they must be 18-plus uh, to post was so minors would know to lie about their age. What? But back in 2012, prosecu- prosecutors admitted Backpage measures were standard across the tech industry and online, mandating additional verification protocols as both impractical and a limitation of unfree speech, which implemented broadly would bring business as a halt as it threatens the very fabric of the Internet. Yeah, I mean, that seems logical, does it not? Woo. Sorry, I'll have to keep pausing because I keep having these sneezing fits. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, since child sex trafficking charges, charges were a non-starter, prosecutors wondered if a case could be made that Backpage recklessly promoted and profited off prostitution. While prostitution itself is not a federal crime, sex for pay is criminalized in most of the country, so using a tool of interstate commerce with intent to facilitate prostitution could count. But there was a problem with this theory, too. Remarkably, the 2013 memo said no one outside Backpage would admit the company knowingly accepted adult prostitution advertisements. This wasn't the only surprise for investigators who, to their credit, seemed willing to actually check their initial assumptions. In so doing, they highlighted how many supposedly illicit activities on on Backpage may not have been illegal at all. Hmm. As we are learning in this investigation, women were posing in sexually, suggest- su- ooh, sexually suggestive poses, wearing virtually nothing, and advertising various forms of sexual massage and other good times does not necessarily imply exploitation or even illegal prostitution, noted McNeil and Swaminathan. Upon closer analysis of the adult web market, it is clear there are many adult services which come close to prostitution, but which are lawful. For instance, it is legal to advertise to pay actors to have sex in a film. It is also legal to offer or solicit sex so long, it is, so long as it is not in exchange for money. Thus, Backpage permitted express references to sexual acts in its adult personal section. It's also legal to offer to be a sugar daddy. And likewise, strippers or escorts may be paid to simulate sex for a fee, to dance or perform solo sex acts, provide camp, uh, companionship, or give sensual massages. There are no rules that prohibit stripper, strippers or genuine escorts from posing uh, in sexually explicit positions or from giving hands-on therapy. Um, yeah, we know. In any event, Backpage did try to ban outright illegal activity and ads. Overall, the company's conscientiousness and cooperation presented a substantial hurdle to any prosecution, wrote McNeil and Swaminathan in 2013. In the course of introducing evidence about what Backpage did not do to monitor its site and exclude prostitutes, much evidence would be admitted about what Backpage did do to monitor its site, it said. The court would likely hear about express warnings placed on the site and circulated in the company prohibiting advertisements for illegal conduct and all sorts of evidence about what Backpage did to work with law enforcement and child tra- uh, to stop child trafficking. If the Justice Department did want to claim Backpage was reckless, the memo suggested it could possibly use Backpage's ample responses to subpoenas to establish that the company knew that minors were sometimes advertised and this was likely to continue. But this is not a standard we apply to other digital pla- platforms or to other crimes. People are robbed, assaulted, defrauded, extorted, harassed, discriminated against, and much more via digital classified ads, social media, and popular apps. These cases wind up yielding criminal cases and suits in civil courts, sometimes serious ones, but few suggest this means that Yelp, Tinder, Twitter, Facebook, etc. should cease to exist entirely. It also offends on a basic level of fairness. Because Backpage worked closely with authorities to stop bad actors, it had given the government all the goods it needed to prosecute, even as prosecutors ignored the many sex ad hubs that weren't working with authorities. Since nabbing Backpage on knowingly facilitating illegal sex work would be a stretch, the 2013 memo suggested the best way to prosecute was to bring conspiracy and money laundering charges. And this is what the Justice Department did last year. 
Uh, and much in the current theory of prosecution against Lacey Larkin and other former Backpage leaders as laid out in the 2013 memo. Money laundering charges would not focus on Backpage as a publisher of online advertisements or a co-venturer with pimps, but as a launderer of funds derived from from adult prostitution. Wait, what? How? But again, the authors ran into several substantial proof issues in showing that any promotion, facilitation, or funding for prostitution was intentional. Proving that, quote, the company knew that the advertising fees were being paid by adult escorts were criminally derived would be difficult. So, too, would uh, proving that any particular $10,000 came from prostitution proceeds as required by some money laundering statutes. We would be required to rely on to the opposite effect. The most concrete ev- evidence available of intent to promote adult prostitution were two short statements made by executives. In 2011, uh, Don, uh, board member Don Ben promote prostitution. Up two statements in silence. What the fuck can you convict him on? We all have questions. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the memos and the investigation that produced them should have taped, tamped down the enthusiasm for the crusade against Backpage, but by almost all accounts, the most productive relationship between Backpage and those in power was symbiotic, in which the site served as a partner in preventing and punishing exploitation. Instead, officials kept pursuing sanctions against Backpage and spreading tales of alleged depravity among its staff. Uh, since the time when memos were first drafted, officials have figured out ways to frame any positive parts of Backpage operations into legal liabilities and points of public horror. The meetings with NCMEC and efforts to help police proof Backpage knew of the problem. Preventing explicit offers of sex for money, the Senate said that was just Backpage wanting to conceal the true nature of ads. Filtering out open-to-interpretation words, banning underage ads, same, said the senators. The report portrayed the fact that Backpage used moderation as some sort of seedy ploy. Requiring card payments for adult ads, uh, since cards can be traced, was spun as a deliberate, a deliberate effort to profit off exploitation. Accepting Bitcoin after Dart threatened credit card companies, evidence of subterfuge. Uh, accepting checks after the Dart harassment, that let prosecutors tie specific ad buys to real identities and transactions, thus helping them fill a previously lacking element necessary for money laundering charges. In effect, the company did enhance protection and legality, Oh, I'm sorry. In effect, everything that the company did to enhance protection and legality was twisted into evidence of crimina- criminality and moral failure. And for years, folks have promoted these topsy-turvy explanations. Yet in the 2012 and 13 memos, in statements not made for political posturing, we see something else entirely. Backpage lawyers in the criminal case are barred from using the memos as part of their client's defense. The previous judge handling the case, who has recused himself, agreed with the prosecution that the memos, which had been filed under the seal in the Western District of Washington, must remain sealed and the defense must destroy its copies. Why? The def- they got the, the prosecution sent them the memos. Like, why should the defense have to pay for the prosecution's incompetence? Uh, at an August 19 he- 19th hearing, uh, Judge Susan M. Bronovich said that they will stay that way, but Bronovich denied the state's request to sanction defense over quotes from the memos appearing in the June Wired article. At the hearing, lawyers for the defendants pointed out that there were months when memos were not under seal and that many people had viewed them or ha- had access to them before and during that time. In issuing her order, Bronovich agreed the memos had clearly been distributed to many people, including other people that the government was working with, and said that any suggestion backpage defendants or lawyers had supplied the memos uh, had supplied the memos was pure speculation. Bronovich did not rule last week on the defendant's motion to dismiss the case. For now, the trial is scheduled to start May 5th, 2020. 
It's worth noting, since Backpage was seized by the feds in April 2018, that the federal law against prostitution ads that, that became law later that month, we've seen cops across the country complain it's harder to find and prosecute cases involving underage prostitution. Federal rescue, mount num- Ooh. federal rescue numbers are also down in recent years, as are the total number of sex trafficking uh, of children prosecutions by the feds. Some will call this evidence that shutting down Backpage did put a dent in trafficking, but research on the online ad market says after initial drops last spring, adult, uh, adult ad levels have rebounded. And since the vast majority of these platforms imply no more stringent age verification tools than Backpage, whatever amount of ads for minors get through Backpage is likely getting through now. And also, yeah, because, you know, if y'all follow me on Twitter, I made a Twitter thread about it, quoting police and like, I think it was like San Francisco. They're like, human trafficking has increased 150 percent. And uh, then there was like, I think, Indianapolis, where police were like, we arrested our first pimp in like eight months because there's no back page. We can't find people. So, yeah, it's police definitely can't find people at all. Oh, why did my thing just freeze up? Shit. Okay, I might have a glitch there. Okay, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is, I don't think this is evidence of putting a dent in trafficking at all because police are the ones now saying that we can't find people. And like, you know, it's got to be bad if police are saying they can't find trafficked people. Um, with Backpage.com shut down, we have taken a major step toward keeping women and children across America safe, said Jeffer, Jeff Sessions, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III. Uh, He said when the site was seized, reading these memos, it seems clear that the government put political usefulness of a crusade against a caricatured evil tech company above the genuine safety of American women and children. Soundbite salvation has come at the cost of actually fighting endangerment, exploitation and abuse. All right. So that is the whole article. I know I just talked for like a half hour because it was a super long article, but um, it was super fucking informative. And I think it's really important to talk about this because, you know. Presumably, everybody listening to this podcast is already uh, on board with sex workers or is a sex worker. But for folks who aren't, you know, this is stuff that sex workers have been saying. And every time sex workers say it, it's like, oh, well, you don't know or you're just have a bias because you're in the industry or, you know, you're looking at things through rose colored glasses. So I think it's important when articles like this come out because we're like, here's the actual quotes from the people who are responsible for prosecution and making laws and law enforcement. They know what's going on, too. It's not like sex workers are living in some, you know, like delusional conspiracy world. No, sex workers are telling people what actually happened, but people don't trust sex workers and the government takes advantage of that. And this is the consequence. Uh, You know, a website that was actually trying to combat child trafficking is now being framed as pimps and child traffickers. And, you know, because, uh, you know, the, the, the sex work panic, the moral panic is a good bipartisan issue. Nobody's going to lose a seat because they're doing something to protect the children, um, no matter how unhelpful to the children it may actually be in real life. Right. You just need we're going to lower crime. We're going to stop trafficking. Right. It doesn't matter if your plan works. It doesn't matter if your plan makes it worse for marginalized people. All that matters is that you have a really sweet, shiny, new bipartisan deal. And that's what happens. So. Anyways, okay, this was kind of a long one for me all by my lonesome, but I'm going to work it out. 
So let me get up out of here. Thank you for hanging out with me. If there's anything you want me to cover, you can always hit me up on Twitter. You can at me. My DMs are open. My Twitter handle is at Uppity Negress uh, with two P's, two T's, and two S's. Or you can email me um, if you know my email. <laughs> or you can submit something to the Swap website directly, swapusa.org. If you want something covered or you want someone featured as a guest, I will try my best to accommodate that. Otherwise, let me get the fuck up out of here and go to bed because I am exhausted. Y'all try to stay safe. Do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for someone else. And I will see you next time when we host a swap cast. Bye, y'all. Come back to me because I'm the best, best.